The audio you are about to hear is an English translation of the original interview which was conducted in Spanish. You may also hear the original Spanish-language interview, available under our episode feed. Thanks for tuning in to Pangea. This is part two of our two-part interview with Rosa and Emelinda. If you haven't gotten a chance to tune in for the first part, we recommend you do so first. Rosa is a woman who escaped violence in El Salvador and came to Houston in search of a better life. Her sister Emelinda also helps recount their stories. You may also hear their mother, Trinidad, in the recording. So, that's quite the story. Mm -hmm. And where is she now? With God. Okay. How did that happen? Like, what? You tell her. Her boyfriend. Her boyfriend hurt her. He took her life. Um. <clears throat> He destroyed us. We loved him like another member of the family, and his return to our family was to hurt us because they were a couple. Before, my sister then had never had a boyfriend, so then, um, and, and they met here. He was her first boyfriend and her first experience, and in that, she didn't know that he had someone else. At a birthday party, she gathered us around here. She told us she was pregnant. It was Miguel's. It was Miguel's baby. She wanted a child. She dreamed of having a child. But that was in December, right? Was it a 24th? 24th? I don't know if it was the 24th or 31st. No, I think it was the 24th. <laughs> I think? It was on a 24th. And from there... We came home, each person on their own. That was in December. Now, that January, I didn't have a lot of work. And she worked at a house, and she told me, I'm going to give the work to you. And then she says, I talked to the lady, and she says, yes, you can take it to come, but you have to go there. Rosamelia already knows where it is that you have to go, so she should take you. That was on a Thursday or Friday we arranged to go. I said, okay. Now that my mom was here visiting, Sonovia came over here a lot. Because we worked a lot, our mom was home alone a lot. And Sonovia would bring her food, and, and that day, Friday? Thursday? Thursday. Thursday. She brings food over. Chinese food. And we got home very late, and our mom says, Sonovia came. She brought food. Eat. It's in the fridge. Eat. And we ate, and we call her, and we never call her. And, and now we ate, and went to bed and it was 12.45 in the morning or I forget the time exactly now 45 or 49 it was 12.40 something and we were already in bed and the phone rings ring 
Rosa Melias. What? Hello? Miguel? What is it? Is Zenobia with you all? She had already gone to their house. She had gone to his house on a, a 19th of December. Moved. She had been there 19 days or so, more or less. 18 days. 18 days from having moved out and into his house. But before that, a niece of ours with her boyfriend had moved into a room of his, in his house, in Miguel's house. But Miguel didn't want that. It was because of Zenobia's pleadings to rent the room. Because here, we didn't have space. We offered the living room or the garage, but they said no. Because they're a couple, because they wanted privacy. Because it was cold, very cold outside. Because of that, Zenobia asked him if he would rent them the room. He didn't want to, for, but from so much he accepted. And, and once Zenobia was there, they moved in. On that day, that Thursday, she came. She brought food. We ate later. We, he called. That was on a Thursday. He says to my sister, Is Rosemary there or Zenobia? No, Rosemary, our niece, is not here, nor Zenobia. Weird, right? After this conversation with him, we called her. And Zenobia wouldn't answer. We went into the police station. When we got there to the station, I, I don't know why we decided to... Our godmother said, I'm going to stay out here in the parking lot with my mom. Not everyone was going to come inside. Only Miguel and I went inside. Once we were in, because they make you wait for some time, it was already so late, like 4 or 5 in the afternoon, more or less. I said, what if... I was worried that they would close because it was so late, but in reality, they don't close. And they made us wait some time. We were alone in the waiting room. When a police officer approached us and they tell me, how can I help you? And I told them that we were reporting that my sister had disappeared and she hasn't come back. And they gave me paperwork to fill out. And I fill it out and look over and he, he was falling asleep. And I look at him. His boots are full of mud. It never even occurred to me. None of it. Never. Never. So we filed the report and we came home. And then it occurred to me on our way to go to Channel 2. But we came home first, that I gave him something to eat. But when we told him we were going to Channel 2 to make a report, he said no. That he was afraid to appear on camera because of his friends and... and well, when we were coming... We came home first because I remember that you said to, to come here. And then he came home with us. We called a cousin because we wanted a cousin to look him over. And I said, do you want something to eat? There he was, right over there, seated. How about a fried egg? Is that okay? As I was cooking it... I was cooking at the stove when I, this man, I look over and he's standing right behind me, staring at me how it was that I was cooking them. It was weird. I didn't like it. And then he sat down to eat them. Then our cousin arrived and we said, eh, this is Miguel, Zenobia's boyfriend. What do you know about Zenobia? I don't know. She never came home yesterday. And you were what, working? How did you notice? I looked over the bed in the middle of the night and she wasn't next to me. 
Hmm. I would always know whether or not my wife was in bed next to me, says our cousin. You didn't notice when you went to sleep? Where is the phone call you made to her? Miguel closed his eyes. My cousin says, How are you not going to know? He says, Miguel says, I thought she might be visiting her ex-boyfriend. I thought she might be dropping off some papers. If my wife was visiting her ex, you better be sure I would go with her. You should have gone with her. And Miguel just made this face. Stiff. Dry. Mmm. Uh-huh. And he, he didn't go to the, the Channel 2 with us. We went on our own, three of us with my mom, but Channel 2 was closed. And he did not help search for her, in the slightest, in the slightest, not in the slightest. But then Channel 45 came. I remember that Channel 45 came, like how we went to work, and I got lost on the freeway on the way back here coming from a house. I went to a gas station, and I didn't get home until 9, and they were waiting. They waited for me. So then we were talking, telling them what I'm telling you now. But those days, he was always calling me, asking me everything, what I knew, what we knew of Synovia, if she had called or if we knew anything. And so I would tell him, no, and do you know anything? No, I don't know anything. So when Channel 45 was here, he called. They told me to call him for me to call him. Ah, uh-huh, yes. So that was when he was called, and they told me they told me what to ask him. So that was how it was. When I asked him, he said, uh, do you remember, do you remember what it was he said? He said, uh, he said, he said um, that we don't, he said he didn't want the baby, but he said, he said he didn't want the baby in the conversation he had with me. The news team was recording everything that he was saying. He said some other things. Uh Uh-huh. He said some other things that we don't, we don't really remember. And so then that was when the police brought him in. But because there's no evidence of a body, the years passed. But the police said the case is open, like how you launch a net into the ocean. And once the net is out for him, and they will catch him. And one day he will fall. And that's how it went. Five years passed. At five years... They arrested him. They arrested him. But because they put detectives on him, well, the law knows how they do that. But they trapped him, they surveyed his house, and once we got to the court, because there was no evidence, it was all word of mouth, he, <clears throat> they told him if he just told the truth. And he worked with a lawyer. And Synovia was working for a lawyer, and so when we asked him, and he said, <clears throat> we asked him and... He said that we didn't need one, that the law would take care of it. But he did have a lawyer. I don't know if he paid him or how, but by law, he had his lawyer. So the law was unjust because they should have given him the time. They did, and demanded that he give up where where he buried the body. They only gave him 20 years. That is nothing. He behaves well, and he'll be out in half the time. That's what they've told us. We're not sure what prison he is in because they moved them around, but we do know that he's incarcerated right now. And when they arrested him, 
ransacked his house. They found, like, a, a magazine, a document about killing. Um, uh, did they... And the baby... They didn't charge him for the murder of the baby. Yes, they... They proved she was pregnant, but... Because they went to the clinic that treated Synovia. And, uh... So... So he said that he left the body in Brookshire, near I-10. Uh, but we went with the police, how they go with detectors near the trees. There's cows, lots of trees, little hills, a river. How do you call these small rivers, like a bayou? There we went to find her. They excavated, and, and I, don't, I don't know how deeply they dug where he said they, he had left her, because, because he was there. They took him so that he could say where he had left her. But in reality, she was not there. She was not found. So I think... Do I think that he was lying? Yes. Yes, because he feared that the law would come down on him for the double homicide, and that would mean life in prison. But we feel the law really only punished him for something else he did. He made gun silencers. They discovered that when they arrested him, they found that he had materials in his house to make gun silencers to sell. Our cousin said he had a room in the house that nobody was allowed to open. <laughs> nobody opened that room. So he was found out about that because Synovia's investigation put everything in motion. He walked around with keys when you went to visit? But you, what? you, asleep, asleep. Even when you ma- we went to make the report, we didn't know that, that out of being her partner that he was likely a suspect. But we are afraid of the day he is released from prison. From vengeance? Yes. We thought about moving, but it's all the same. He found my sister once before when they broke up, once long before, through the phone book. But he sought her out and found her, even though we had moved. Synovia came over here in 1990, and I came here in 2005. That was a really dark period I experienced in my transition here. How... That was a really dark period that I experienced in the transition here. Uh, Now I feel it less. Right now I feel it only in one aspect, which is in speaking English. (laughs) That darkness came when... um, It lasted a while. Uh, Three years? Three years. What helped me, um, in the days I went to class so that I could learn a bit of English, to know what I was saying, and not only to listen to it, to speak. Like, for instance, table, 
the table, how to write it. So then I wanted in that way to learn it, and I went to have a base that helped me a bit, more or less. That, that helped me a bit. That helped me. Later, it helped me when my sister took me and, and drove me around. I would learn the areas and the routes. So then what I did was, thank God, at that point I found some work. They would drop me off. Later on, they'd pick me up because I really wanted to be very independent. And so in that manner, I started getting better. I got better, though always with missing my mom, worrying about her needs. I stay there because you just walk and that's it. She doesn't like cars. Yes, and to sweep everything, inside and outside, and the little animals that I have, chickens and the cattle, pigs, everything. That is what I love, the bones. I would walk for an hour there and an hour back. A friend will come and will take me to the doctor and he says, walk a lot and you'll be skinny. It does you good, he says. <laughs> It's good for you. That's why I don't like it here. And everything is natural. Even the water, uh, all the fruit, everything fresh, everything, everything. The things over there, mm, the peace. First my son came for what? Now the peace. He likes to see everything. Yes, that's why he came. I'm not built to lay down like that. I don't like to be going from thing to thing, watch the one thing, go to the other thing, and on like that. No. That's not how I spend my time. That is costly. Costly. Not to have, like, your your own place. We go to church. Over there, you don't take the bus. So we go to church on Sundays. But the whole week, over there, you understand it all. Here, no, it's different. Even the hymns. And we're, here I stay silent because I don't read those hymns. Not there. Over there, I understand everything. The service is shorter, too. They don't go on saying a lot of things. Yes. And over there, you confess. The person that doesn't confess can't take communion. And the Father simply looks at you. He knows you already. It's not simply get in line and take the communion not not there there you have to give over your sins you have to give over your sins because the lord receives them and like the father says his sheep everyone sheep has to find their shepherd you have to find your shepherd your pastor and he his sheep he calls them over ah my sheep you have to find your pastor that's the word of the lord you find your pastor and he finds his sheep me because I don't read I don't know how to read because I don't know how to read with what time hauling animals grinding washing those were the pressures from before not anymore no not now I miss that because now you stay alone and you're not reading though you want to but that's nothing I give thanks to my God because I am alone a wife with four child, alone. Then, Rosamelia, I told her, what a game, 
We sent her to school for four years to become a teacher and she didn't want to learn anything. The Lord is going to take care of me. I get respect because I don't walk around laughing like this. Um, less than three months, two. On the phone, it is not the same. With the power of God and them, first God, then it is them, they're going on. You mean... <clears throat> uh, you mean, what did we fear when we were there, or when we actually lived there? When we lived there, before we came, the fear was that coming here, that is the path itself. And, well, at that time, because there was a war, then we feared that they might kidnap us because of the way that the war was there at the time. And that maybe you might be confused for someone else. Also that someone might take your life because it was very difficult there in those times. That fear was also... That was the reason to come here. It was terrifying. First, immigration. Well, a lot of fear of immigration. Second, the river. The Rio Bravo. Third, the swamps and the bad animals that you might find on your way because you have to walk a lot. I was scared. Scared, scared. Once I got here, my biggest fears were mm, immigration. <laughs> right now, the fear is different than immigration on the way here. Uh, do you understand me? Right now, my fear is... Uh, I don't even dare to drive, so I go on and everyone keeps coming. They have cars now and... Why don't you? Why do you? Godmother, why is it that you? <laughs> because I'm scared. I feel badly. Yes, because it makes you less, um, the word escapes me, like, how can I put it? Like, um, a person not with goals of, I don't know if you understand me, of goals, like, if you have a career ahead of you, like, like you are going to stay behind. You're not going to move ahead in the end. Yes, you feel restricted. Yes, like you say, I, I would rather do it. So then they make you feel like, oh, the words left me, like, I want you here. I want you there. But because you don't do it, you feel like a person without worth. I fear that for the rest of my life I'll not be able to return to this country and, and I fear punishment because yes, I want to go back, I want to visit, but I want to be able to come back here. Now I'm a different person in certain aspects and I'd like to go and I'd like to come back. I wouldn't want to live now, it's, it's too dangerous there too dangerous. It's related to the war and, and gangs. Ugh, now it's gangs. It's a gang war. Bad. You feel 
fear. Oh, my mother, she doesn't know how to use a gun. She, now she, we bought her a bell. Like, I don't know if in your country, in, in the schoolhouses, I don't know if you used a bell, like, at the start of classes. Recess, recess, uh-huh. <laughs> so then we bought her one because she doesn't know how to read, how to call her neighbor on the telephone when she's sick or something. She doesn't have someone out for her. So then when she needs help, we bought her a bell. She took it back herself. <laughs> but then, now, she can't use it anymore. They told her she couldn't use it because it serves as a signal for the gang members. She's sending out a signal to them that way. It's hard. It's very difficult. They kill all the families. If you run, the soldiers, the police kill them. You shouldn't run. Watch your step. Stop. Sit. That is how you stay safe. And if you run, they extort you. They ask you for money. Impose a rent. And if you don't pay that rent, which is also money, they also kill them. That's how it is. They give them money or they don't give them money. Either way, they always die. And How have we all survived it? Listen, watch, pray. Yes, if you hear a noise over there outside the house, you don't leave it. You won't sleep either. And if they talk to you, don't respond. Don't answer. That friend, that lady friend, she told Trini, our mom, uh, she realized that about the bell and she goes to Trinidad's house. Tell her not to sound the bell. What we miss, habits, rituals, like church, uh, our friends, the majority of our friends are not there anymore. At my age, they're not there anymore. A lot of them have come to the States. The situation is really very difficult over there, but we do miss some foods that are natural. Mm. <laughs> but we do miss some foods that there are natural and are not here. Guanabana. Cocotes. Um, uh, cocotes are... Ciruelas, I think, is what we call them. <laughs> they are better. The most natural thing is to pick them from the tree, and to climb it up to see it, and then let them fall if they are ready. Oh, the mangoes. But different kinds of mangoes, the hairy ones. They're... There are ones that are really hairy that aren't bitter. They're very sweet. And the plum mango, mame. Mango, pineapple, mango plantain. Guavas, anones. Anones are very white, very sweet, and they have like a big seed inside. Mame, tampisques, they call them. It's a fruit that is small, and when you cook it, it becomes like honey. All on its own, it gives the honey. Slowly, it melts to honey. Until it turns black. How strange. The first time I ate it, I said, Mom, what is this? I told her, doesn't it get some sugar? She says, no, I, I don't think it gets sugar. The next time she prepares it, oh, how strange. It's a green, somewhere between apple and alba maria. At that point, it is ready to be cooked. 
You simply wash it well, add water, and put it to boil, and stir it. And every now and then you stir it, then on its own it becomes um, like syrup. And when it turns to syrup, then it starts giving off a little color, brown, brown, darker and darker and still, until stickier, until it becomes like honey. I was so surprised, like, from something so green came this honey. And our church, there are also day spas. You also visit those there? Well, we didn't go to that often because we were too busy and there wasn't enough money usually because of the time, so we didn't go. Poor. (laughs) We were poor, so we didn't get to go. But we did get to know know the places. And the beach. Uh Uh-huh, the beach. Uh, And yeah, and it has hot water. Salt water. The waves over there, they are not like here. You're going to forgive me. The waves look where the moon falls on the fresh water. That when it's full, when it's full, it sucks you into the sea. The waves stretch over the, the, to the deepest parts. Yes, you drown, and a rising moon is best. Fishes, ah, oh, not like the fish here. Fish from Olomega, they don't have those here. They don't have those here. These fish you buy here. <laughs> here, it is tilapia. They have tilapia there, but it was the one we made the least. Caso. Caso. We preferred more the one from Olomega. Sweet water. Uh-huh. It was sweet water. Like a lake there, but huge. The harvest is there. And on the 31st, we go on the street on the 31st. Just like that. A number of people, thousands on the street. There we all gather, all of us, for the 24th too. Always. <laughs> We buy a piñata. There were, there we buy piñatas for the kids. The adults dance. Yes, all rugs where I live. And you climb those to see below. Very pretty. Well, when I came over here, it was very difficult. That is, when I came here, finally, I was still with Wesley's dad, but it didn't last a very long time. Not, it was not a long time. And, well, we couldn't live together. Wesley never met his dad. Wesley's dad lives with a girlfriend now. My sister was alive at that point with who is now Wesley's godmother. She lived there with them. Uh, at that time, I found, I found work with one woman. Then I started going to classes. I worked day and night during those times. It was really difficult. I hardly saw him. When I left, he was asleep. When I picked him up, he was asleep. Then Synovia left for Boston. And uh, then later on, when I was still living there with them, she told me that she wanted to come back to help me. She came back and we got an apartment together. So then we lived in that apartment for various years. He started going to school and I found the job that, I'm, that I still have now. And um, because, because I would go in at 8.15, it gave me time to drop him off in the morning. Then later in the day, the school bus would drop him off at a lady's apartment who would take care of him. It's difficult 
because you go around with care, making sure that you find a place where they don't mistreat him. And there was this one time I took him to one woman. That was before we lived in the apartment together. He was, he was in kinder, I think, and he says, Mommy, why is it that... Because the woman who took care of him had three kids herself, but one of them was about 10 years old, more or less, and, and he tells me that Jessica tells him, she says she's going to kill me. She has a knife, and the woman, she leaves me alone with her. Well, so I talked to the lady, and I told her that I wasn't going to be bringing him by anymore because such and such girl says that she's going to kill Wesley, and that she has a knife, and who knows what else. So um, then once he was going to school all day, it was much easier for him because I would drop him off at school in the morning, and by the time he left, I leave at 2.45. It gave me time to go to the school. And like they say, we are not eternal. We never know who is going to leave the world first, if my mom or one of us. But if it is my mom, well, my brother and I would be able to go if it happens over there, but she, she couldn't go. I wouldn't be able to go. Because it's my mom dying, mm -hmm. because only my brother and I, we can go. She but her can go. Oh. If somebody give a p opportunity to get the paper, uh -huh. she can qualify and, uh -huh. and they have a paper and then she can go over there. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. We get upset when there are children of immigrant parents here that are born here that don't value, that don't take care, they, they don't recognize, don't work to make the good out of this country because it is there. It is there. So take advantage, take care, don't destroy, get rid of the things that are not useful. It is not ours, but we thank God that we are here. What, uh, what did my brother like about here? Well, what he liked was that there were no, well, <laughs> there were no other relatives anywhere else. Here were his godparents, friends, and anywhere else he didn't have a place to go. We were sad when he left us. And afterwards, when he finally made it here, he told us how the trip was. And we prayed so much with my mom and all of us and Melinda and with our sister who is no longer with us. Well, we were so happy that, that he, because he had arrived, thank God, and he was going to change our lives. We no longer had a father, just my mom fighting, all of us alone. And well, we knew life was going to be a little bit easier, easier for all of us.